Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Rob Port here on WDAY. Mm, oh, had something in my throat there. Good afternoon, Natil. Good afternoon, Rob. Are things getting awfully windy up your direction? A little windy, pretty warm, awful melty. Melty isn't necessarily a bad thing. We're hitting that end of January. I kind of like my February to be not frozen solid. Yeah. <laughs> it usually it usually seems like the end of January we get like a one-week, two-week period where we get above freezing pretty regularly. And then it usually seems like at some point in February we'll get another, you know, little whoop-de-doo, cold temperatures, maybe a blizzard or something, and then and then we'll be heading into spring. I don't know. That seems like, who knows? It's the weather. <laughs> I will leave it to uh, people smarter than I uh, to uh, try to predict the weather. I'll stick to politics, which is also pretty unpredictable. I want to talk about the um, you know Trump's immigration thing a, a little bit. Obviously, this is something that's dominated the news. I'm sure you've heard about it ad, ad nauseum. It was inescapable on social media. Uh, in the news, I, I have a couple of thoughts, and I, I wrote a post this morning expressing a level of exasperation with with both sides of, of this. So I'm going to get into that here in just a minute. Also coming up at 1.30, uh, Leanne Harner, she is uh, a farmer. Uh, she's from Harner Farms. She's also an organizer behind the North Dakota Food Freedom Act. Uh, they want to be able to uh, buy, you know, loosen up restrictions on buying selling things like raw milk what do you think of that we'll uh, talk with her and get all the details on that legislation coming up here at uh, 130 your phone call 701-293-9000 888-970-9329 9329 uh, email talk at com. that was the other thing i was trying to get in <laughs> tweet me too at rob port all right so the immigration refugee stuff uh president trump basically saying uh Rolling it out surprisingly, and, and here's here's my position on the overall thing, and I, I don't think you need me to rehash a lot of this for you. But I, I am finding myself in the Trump era on, on a bit of an on a bit of an island, and I, I think there's other people also like this. On one hand, a lot of this the the way Trump goes about doing things, although he's doing some things I like. Obviously, I like what he's doing on pipelines. I like what he's doing on some of these regulations. Um, but the way he goes about doing things, where everything is so combative, he picks these fights. Uh, I I'm hesitant to be too critical of him because I thought that sort of thing would be why he wouldn't win the Republican nomination. I also thought it would be why he wouldn't win. The general election, and yet here he is. He is president of the United States. So maybe I'm all wet, but I, I just have a hard time with it. And when it comes to the immigration and refugee situation, what, what bothered me about it was two things. First of all, that he lumped in initially, and, and they've walked this back, but initially lumping in people with green cards, uh, which is problematic, um, mostly because they already go through an extensive screening process. Also, if you've issued them a green card, I don't know how legally the the president could just roll that back. So that was problematic. They've walked that part. The other part of it that, that bothered me is that they just sort of dropped it out of nowhere. And so that people were who were midway through their trial, I mean, all of a sudden throwing the nation's airports into turmoil, like... Uh, handled poorly 
rolled out very, very poorly. I mean, even setting aside whatever questions we have about the efficacy of the policy, handled very poorly. So you've got that. Uh, now, the Trump administration saying that they had to drop it quickly because if they announced it and gave like a, a week's notice or something like that, you would see a rush of extremists trying to get into the country. Um, maybe. I, I don't know. It could have been rolled out better. So I, I'm sitting here. And, and also, by the way, some of Trump's campaign rhetoric about Muslims bans and everything else, not helpful in, in this situation, particularly because they're out saying, well, you know, this isn't a Muslim ban. You know, this isn't we're not we're not banning Muslims from the United States. This isn't, And I don't think if you read the policy, I don't think it is a Muslim ban. But when you go back to some of Trump's campaign rhetoric, it's hard. It's hard to divest the two stances away from each other, right? It's it's hard to it's hard to defend this policy on the idea that it's not a ban on Muslims when Trump said some pretty vicious things about banning Muslims during his campaign. So there are people like me who are more than happy to be critical of, of Donald Trump, who have absolutely no problem being critical of him when we feel we deserve he deserves it. Now, the problem, though, is on the other side, the people who would have us make common cause with them against the Trump administration are overreacting. I mean, the, the, the level of hysterics that I saw from the protesters, the level of, of rhetoric I saw on social media from Democratic members of Congress, from left-wing groups, was overwrought. It was hyperbole. It was borderline irresponsible. And it, it worries me because it, it, it is so over the top what the left is doing with Trump that in some ways it is going to make it harder for them to, to, to peel political support away from Trump. I, it, it is so every, every time some celebrity goes off on a rant, every time some Democratic member of Congress goes over the top on some cable news show or what have you, you are just galvanizing Trump's base of support. That's, that's what you're doing, right? I mean, it's, I could sit down and I can look at some of the, pol- at, you know, specifically with the immigration policy, and I can look at it and I can see valid areas of con- of concern, valid avenues for criticism. I may not agree with every criticism, but but there, there's believe me, there, there's plenty of room for honest disagreement there, no question about it. But then I hear some people talk about it, and, and they make it sound like Trump is against all immigration, and it's not true. I hear some people talk about it, and you get the idea that Trump's like Hitler warming up the ovens for Muslims. And it's not true. It's irresponsible to say stuff like that. It is, it is irresponsible to say stuff like that. Listen, a, a, a lot of the reason, and this, this has become such a cliche, that's why Trump won. That's why we have Trump. I know that's a cliche, but as with most, most cliches, there's a grain of truth in it. And so a big reason why Trump has has just proven sort of impervious to criticism about his style, about his demeanor, is because his critics are so often, they, 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 they take a grain of, of, of valid criticism and they blow it up. 
far and above anywhere where, where it could be. And so, listen, somebody like me who would be happy to support somebody other than Trump, right? I mean, I would, I would have, I would have considered if, if there was a better sort of Democrat, if my choices among Democratic opponents to Donald Trump weren't an aging socialist and a corrupt, uh, a longtime political insider, I could have supported a Democrat against Trump, right? Somebody who, who had different, the problem is, is it's, it, it is just so over the top. And I'm, I'm wondering if there are other people like me out there who feel the same way, who want to be critical of Trump, but don't want to be lumped in with people who think that Trump is Hitler. Right? I mean, that's because that's where I'm at. I, I, I want to be critical of Trump. I want to hold Trump accountable. And I am going to. I'm going to call Trump out every time I see him doing something wrong uh, that I feel is wrong. I'm going to call him out on it. I just don't want to be lumped in with, with the people who are waving these signs out in the streets. I don't want to be lumped in with the women wearing vaginas on their head. I don't want to be with that crowd. And unfortunately, that's the opposition party right now. And if they keep going like they're going, they're going to keep losing. That's what concerns me. Let's take a break. I want to hear from you. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. That's the toll-free number. Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be back right after this. So go away. Emailer Janet uh, says, did you hear and see all the political drama against Trump from some of the actors and actresses on the show talking about the uh, the SAG Awards? Uh, she says it was awesome. I, I don't know. I don't, I, you know, stuff like that, I guess, just depends. I mean, listen, they're entertainers. They know how to deliver a line. And if they're delivering a line that, you know, falls in line with your political predilections, then I guess, yeah, maybe it fires you up. I find most commentary from Hollywood to be vapid and fun, usually unhelpful to the, the causes that, that the celebrities support. I mean, listen, if, if, if celebrity politics mattered in this country, Hillary Clinton would be president of the United States. I don't think, if, if anything, I think celebrities were more of a hindrance to Hillary Clinton than they were a help. And, I mean, I, I just, I tune it out. Um, I don't care. Uh, there's many celebrities that I like whose politics I absolutely don't agree with. And I just tune out their po- their political stuff and uh, enjoy their other work. That's that's pretty much, you know, to the extent I can. Some of them make it impossible, just the nature of their work, uh, or they're just so obnoxious it's impossible to ignore it. But generally, that's my approach. I don't really care. Um, I have a hard time believing that somebody like, Ashley Judd, um, and until maybe you get your two cents on this, her her speech about Donald Trump at the Women's March, to me, anybody who sees that, I can't imagine somebody seeing that who is maybe on the fence or, or supporting Trump and says, oh, okay, I get it now. I'll support Trump, right? I mean, that, that weird, disjointed, completely off-the-rails rant, I don't think did the cause any good. I don't know. What, what what do you think? No, I I would I would agree with that. And it's it's so hard right now in America to be 
to be middle of the road in anything. Yeah. Because the two dichot- the, the dichotomy in this country has grown so vast that if you're in the middle, you're constantly being yanked between one side or the other, or you're being blamed for the reason that the other side exists. I don't. Uh, yeah, I mean, because I, I don't know where to go. Uh, you know, I, I am a libertarian-minded conservative. I'm a believer in free trade. I'm a believer in free markets. I'm a believer in capitalism. Uh, I'm socially liberal on most issues. Um, you know, although that being said, I probably take some positions, you know, some some sort of libertarian positions in, in that I don't want to force businesses to have to cater to customers they don't necessarily want to, and I don't want to force uh, businesses to buy uh, you know, abortion coverage or birth control, as, as silly as I may find their decisions, I also want them, uh, I also want them to be, to be able to make those choices, even if I disagree with them. So that's, I mean, that's where I'm at. And, and I, I don't know if that makes me a moderate. I don't know what that makes me. I, I've never thought of myself as being moderate, but because I think we're all sort of fanatics for our point of view. Uh, you know, we all, we all think we're right. We've all arrived at conclusions and we think that those are the right conclusions. So I'm, I don't know. I've never thought of myself as a moderate. I am finding a hard time figuring out where I am supposed to go in American politics today because the Republican Party, you know, Trump's Republican Party in a lot of ways leaves me cold, you know, on, on trade. His ideas on, on trade policies and immigration, a lot of ways, I, I don't agree with them. Now, domestic policy, I'm probably with them. I want to build pipelines. I want to develop oil, you know, oil. I want to roll back regulations. I hope his his inauguration speech meant that he's going to push policymaking authority back from the federal government back to, to the states. I hope he's going to take a hatchet to the federal payroll and get rid of a bunch of these bureaucrats. I think all that stuff's great. Uh, but, you know, the other stuff, where am I supposed to go? The Democratic Party? What does the Democratic Party have for somebody like me who just generally wants to be left alone? I don't want to be hassled with a lot, a lot of other, you know, nonsense. I, I don't, uh, you know, I mean, the, the, the Democratic Party is the party of, of big, meddlesome government in a lot of ways. I want the, I want the Democratic Party. I want, I want government out of my life, and the Democrats aren't going to do that. So where do I go? I don't know where to go these days. Uh, you know, for the first time in my political life, I find myself just completely bewildered. I wrote a post on the blog this morning, and it was, you know, that there's there's no there's no place for sane people in Trump's America. And I, I, I say that because I, I feel like those of us who are skeptical of Trump but yet not willing to become Democrats are kind of on an island. And I know what people are going to say, all oh, third parties, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll support a third-party candidate if I think they're the right candidate, but... Listen, American politics are where they are, and I don't know where to go. I'm stuck on an island, and I, I'm just, I, I just feel completely lost. 701-293-9000, email talk at wday.com. Randy says, uh, Rob, the Ashley Jubb rant at the Women's March was actually a poem written by a 19-year-old girl. I guess I didn't know that, but I, I don't know how that changes anything. I mean, if you watched her deliver it, it, it was not. It was not something that somebody on the fence is is going to be persuaded by. And that's and by the way, so much of that stuff like like the celebrities ranting and and you know the talking heads and the pundits ranting and all that stuff, they're all preaching to the choir. Right? There aren't a lot of people being persuaded by this stuff one way or the other. They're all they're all preaching to the choir cuz that's I mean ultimately that's that's what makes them money. I, I always have to laugh when, when somebody calls 
like like the the Hollywood celebrities getting up on stage and, and getting political or whatever that it's brave you know like like there's something courageous about being a Hollywood liberal ranting about Republicans in a room full of other Hollywood liberals yeah that's that's real real courageous stuff I, it's 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 just and by the way I think social media is driving just a ton of this too right I mean you want to talk about Trump being a populist social media has made us more populous than ever before because everybody can put it out there right everybody's the star in their own little reality show everybody's curating their own little museum of their their personality online and it is impacting our society in ways that aren't necessarily healthy anyway talking about meddling government we're going to talk about the north dakota food freedom act do you think uh, you should be able to buy things like raw milk kind of hard in north dakota right now we'll get the facts from leanne harner she's a uh, organizer behind the uh, the proposed legislation she's also a food producer at harner farms stay tuned for that 701-293-9000-888-970-9329 email talk at wdy.com don't go away yes i'm gonna be a Report on WDAY 701-293-9000. That's your local number, 888-970-9329. That is your toll-free number. You can also email me, talk at WDAY.com. Uh, let's see, listener Scott uh, emails, uh, Rob, would you or Jay please explain what is going on with Senate Bill 2344, the marijuana bill? I don't have a dog in this fight, but they completely trashed what the people voted on. I do not think that the rewritten act even remotely resembles what the folks voted for. They cut out all of it and rewrote the part where they define what types of THC are to be used, the amounts, minor age restrictions, and threw in a $300 fee to get a card. Uh, Did they also rename it from the Compassionate Care Act to the Stoners a Really Bad Act? Um, Okay, so what's going on with Senate Bill 2344 is what passed on the ballot was a poorly written bureaucratic nightmare that was going to be hugely expensive for the state of North Dakota to implement. Uh, and so what essentially they have done, and this is, this is bipartisan. You have the majority and minority. That means the Republican and democratic leadership in both the Senate and the house backing Senate bill 2344, which essentially uh, fixes the bill. Now they've, they've rewritten a lot of it and I haven't necessarily read, read through all of it. Although, I can't imagine that what they have come up with uh, as an alternative to what passed on the ballot could be in any way worse than, than what passed on the ballot, and which, which again, I, I think reflects the dangers of making public policy at the ballot box. I don't think most voters voting on that ballot measure last year informed themselves about all the nuances. I think for them, it was just a yes or no question. Should we have medical marijuana in the state of North Dakota? I don't think most voters were hung up on all the specific details of it. Uh, I think that they just wanted to make medical marijuana legal. So as long as the legislation coming out from the legislature, and it can, they can overturn 
what happened at the ballot box with a two-thirds majority vote in both houses. And when you have the leadership of both political parties on the bill, that's probably what's going to happen. Um, as long as what comes out allows legal medical marijuana in the state of North Dakota, I'm okay with it. Frankly, I think we ought to just legalize marijuana and get it over with. All right, let's get to our guest, Leanne Harner. I've made her wait long enough. Leanne, welcome to the program. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Rob. I appreciate the invite. Tell me about the North Dakota Food Freedom Act. What does it do? <laughs> well, it's a really cool bill that opens up consumer choice. It allows uh, consumers to have access to products fresh from the farm that right now they can't purchase. And, uh, and it basically says if you're, if you're a producer or a grower of, of any kind of agricultural product, that isn't regulated by the feds, you can sell it directly to the home consumer for home use only. All right. Tell me about this isn't regulated by the feds. Give me some examples. What does that mean? Flesh that out a little bit. Well, red meat. Red meat products are required to have to have um, be processed and inspected, um, you know, anything that's, that's going to be for sale from one to the other. Uh, when, you, when you're talking about a hunk of red meat, why that has to, that has to go through an inspection process. So, so red meat is off the table and wouldn't be sold like this unless it's already gone through the certification and inspection process. But that's detailed under another law. Food freedom is just about products that are not regulated by the feds. So it would be all types of baked goods, um, uh, up to a thousand head of poultry, which is legal now. But you could also make, if you're a producer and you want to butcher some old hens as part of your thousand head, you could make chicken noodle soup and you could sell chicken noodle soup to the consumer for their own personal consumption, not for uh, retail or any kind of restaurant sales. So the, the legislation is House Bill 1433. It's sponsored by Representative Luke Simons. He's a Republican from Dickinson in his first uh, legislative session of his career. Uh-huh. Uh, and he, he I, I think the big thing, because certainly with Luke, I've seen some of his social media postings. And I, I think the part of this that gets a lot of people's attention is raw milk. And, and that's a part of this bill as well. Absolutely. Raw milk and products made from raw milk. So cheese, yogurt, kefir, ice cream, you know, all those kinds of things. It was the raw milk, though, that, that seems to have caught some of the opposition from the state of North Dakota. And I'm reading from an Ag Week article uh, that was just out uh, today. Uh, and I quote, uh, Keenan Bullinger, director of the Division of Food and Lodging for the North Dakota Department of Health, says the health department will be watching the bill with interest. Supporters of the bill met with representatives from the Department of Agriculture and Department of Health. We had a great understanding and thought we could agree to support a cottage food bill, Bollinger says. However, he has some concerns with the ball with the bill as written. The raw milk portion of the bill worries him. Disease outbreaks from raw milk are reported monthly around the country, he said. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says 26 states reported 81 disease outbreaks from raw milk from 2007 to 2012, causing 979 illnesses and 73 hospitalizations. Uh, The CDC also reports the incidence of raw milk-related outbreaks has increased. The majority of outbreaks involved at least one child younger than five. When they added raw milk, the raw milk thing to it, uh, that's where we take a little bit of an exception, Bollinger says. So here you have somebody from the North Dakota Department of Health saying, the raw milk portion of this is a bridge too far. It's going to make people sick. What's your response? <laughs> well, okay, I have a small dairy goat herd. I milk, uh, oh, a maximum now of seven does, and, and I handle it 
you know, I handle it myself, I drink it myself, so does my family, and I know many, many people around there have, have goats, and we even have at least one set of dairy sheep in the state where people are handling this every day. We don't hear about raw milk illnesses in North Dakota. We've had a shared animal ownership program, that's the, the goat shares and cow shares for the last four years, and, and that's where a consumer comes to us, they buy a share in our animal, like a one-seventh share means they get the same amount of milk that that animal produces in a day. They have to pay us a boarding fee, and, and they are part owner of that animal. And they're getting raw milk products that way. And, again, we've been four years, and we haven't had an incidence. When we're selling raw milk, we're extra conscious of what's going on. And, but, you know, it's a product, Rob, that we drink ourselves and so we're not going to want to do anything that's going to adulter, that's going to cause any problems with, with what the consumer gets. I'm, I'm, I'm in favor of this bill, mostly because I think that what people want to put in their bodies is generally up to them. I mean, if you, as, mm-hmm. as, long, as, as long as everything's labeled appropriately and as long as everybody knows, you know, what's, what they're getting, right? I don't want to mm-hmm. surprise right. somebody thinking they're getting pasteurized milk and they're getting raw milk or something like that. As long as everybody's aware of it, I think it's great. But what about the people who argue saying, you know, Leanne, we all know that you do a good job and you take care of your milk and you're not going to make people sick. But what about, I mean, if, if we're just opening this up to the wild west of milk drinking, what about people out there who aren't, who aren't as scrupulous as you are? Well, I, I, I'm going to say, um, Rob, first thing we need to do is, is this will open, shed the light so we can have an open dialogue with consumers about what they need to look for, and why our milk may be better than what they may find elsewhere down the road. And when we can openly sell and openly talk about this is how it's handled, this is how it's cooled, this is what makes this milk better, this is why goat milk is different than cow milk, is different than, than sheep milk, and why you may have uh, while a person who has allergies to something, they're probably reacting to a speci- specific protein in the food. Um, you know, different types of milk. Even milk produced by different breeds of animals will have different proteins. But when we have that open dialogue, we can do education, and education is ultimately going to be what saves us. 701-293-9000 if you want to join the program, 888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. What if you uh, – how, how, how does this open the dialogue? I mean, because – People are going to argue, well, yeah, it's going to have a bunch of people selling raw milk and, and, you know, potentially we could get dangerous milk. So I explain to us, I mean, if, if this bill, if this bill passes, what next? I mean, if this bill passes and then somebody's at their farmer's market and sees raw milk for sale, what's going to be the process behind that milk? Well, the milk, the, you know, when you're at a farmer's market buying things, you have a dialogue direct with the farmer and you find out what's going on. And, and what's happening here. And I can, I can tell you as a milk producer, you know, I try to get my customers, and I sell herd shares, I get my customers out on my place so they see the goats, they know how it's handled, I show them the filters that go through, and, and we talk about what it is. They also, when they taste it, they understand that it tastes differently than processed milk. And, and let's just define what raw milk is. Raw milk is milk that is taken out of the dairy animal, it's run through a filter, it's properly cooled, and it's got to be cooled very quickly in order to keep the taste and, of course, to keep down any pathogens, and then it's stored that way. 
It is whatever butterfat content, whatever protein content, it contains whatever vitamins and minerals came out of that animal. It is not processed in any way. So, so it doesn't go through the pasteurization process that does a rapid heat and cool and, and, and decreases most of the bacteria. But you also, um, you know, when you buy milk from me in the spring, it may only be 3% butterfat. And as the goats continue on in their lactation, sometimes their butterfat their butter usually increases. So you may have 6 or 7% butterfat. At the end, whereas if you go to the store, you can buy skim milk, you can buy 1%, 2%, 4%. You know, all that fat has to be taken out and then added back in. And, and that's the difference between raw milk. There's sure. no processing to it. I think so it's I, an and entirely that's, I mean, different product. La, la, last question. I, and I have a list. Mm-hmm. I'm going to paraphrase their question. But, uh, and I, and I, I, think, I think what you're arguing is, is sort of the merits of raw milk. And people are going to, you know, like it. Or, I mean, that, that's kind of a personal taste thing. People are going to like yeah. it or not like it. And that's... Fine. People can make their choices. What the listener is asking is, if this passes, like, do you have state inspectors coming out to your farm to make sure that your milk is clean or, or, or being handled appropriately or, or the other baked goods that would be covered by this bill? Are, are there inspections or is this just is this just kind of up to the consumer? No, this will be you have to have producers have to inform their consumers that it's not inspected. It's not certified. It's not permitted. There is no state involvement at all. But producers do have the right to ask an agency to come out, take a look at things, see what's going on, make suggestions, you know, help educate what's happening there. And we would envision a huge education process just, you know, to help people understand the difference between what a, what a pasteurized product is, what a raw milk product is, and, and the differences in handling. It's, it's about the consumer and what the consumer's asking us for. Well, Leanne, thanks for your time. Has this bill been yep. scheduled for? I thought I checked earlier today. Has it been scheduled for committee? I couldn't. I don't remember. It isn't scheduled for committee. No, not okay. yet. So probably later this month it'll be in committee, and then it'll make its way to the, uh, the House floor. And I guess we'll see what happens for it. I'm I'm in favor of it, mostly just because, you know, we're adults. We're big. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate we can make the opportunity, these Rob, and I really hope that people will contact their legislators. And remember, we're not mandating anybody use this. We are, we've had the same kind of, you know, we go to bake sales and we buy things. We go to church potlucks and buy things. We go to it's block a, it's, parties yeah. or, and, and we eat the food that other yep. people have made. This is a buyer beware, but it's with some common sense. Sure. And, and it's the it's, people it's, who have common sense that are going to make this work. It's permissive legislation. If you're Absolutely. afraid of this stuff, you don't yes. get to buy it. Leanne, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Okay. Thank you very much, Rob. Thanks. We'll wrap up the show coming up next. Don't go away. Let's see, Mark emails, uh, Rob, five Indiana conservation police vehicles traveling together past me going west near Jamestown. Anything new going on with the water protectors? Um, you know, not that, not that I'm aware of. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, Trump uh, came out with his executive order and we're pushing ahead with the, uh, the pipeline. So it wouldn't surprise me if things were uh, heating up out there. But the last I heard, there was an MSNBC report this morning, and and they were reporting from the camp that, that even the people at the camp were telling people to to stay away. So I don't know if it's, 
I, I don't think we're going to get back up to where, you know, we have thousands and thousands of people there, but there are still hundreds at the camp, and those people could still cause some problems. So I, I don't think it's going to be the conflagration <laughs> we saw last year. Uh, but, you know, who knows? Um, who knows? It, it could be. So uh, let's see. Uh, and, and back to the Trump stuff. You know, I, I probably sounded a little bit incoherent <laughs> at, the, at the beginning of the show. Because I'll be honest with you, I am just completely uh, befuddled, uh, just completely out of whack. I, I, I feel so out of, out, of, out of my comfort zone with, with Trump um, just because I, I want to like him. I, I want him to be a successful president, but he keeps doing things that, that I, I feel like are going to get in his own way. And, and then I say that in the context of once again being wrong about him all throughout the election year didn't think he had a chance he completely proved me wrong so maybe he's going to prove me wrong here i just i don't know i i I wish there was a place that i could go a group of people that i could be with to criticize trump where i wouldn't have to associate with like the bernie sanders crowd right because i think those people are about as crazy as trump is on some issues I don't know. It's weird times we're living in. Hey, Jay Thomas show coming up next. I'll be uh, hanging around for the first part of his show. Remember, you can catch me 24 hours a day, seven days a week at sayanythingblog.com or right here on WDAY, 1 to 2 p.m., Monday through Friday. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again. Headed down south to the land of the pines. I'm thumbing my way to North Carolina. Staring up the road and pray to God I see headlights. I made it down the coast in 17 hours.